Hello everyone and welcome back to our new podcast series, A Different Me. I am delighted to introduce Parimala Harpersad, who is a senior UX architect with Armedius Software Labs. In this episode, Parimala will talk about accessibility and inclusive design. Parimala's main objective is to make testers more efficient in solving accessibility problems for different able people using technology in varying capacities in their daily lives. Primala hopes this episode will make you think about how your organization can take the right steps to becoming more inclusive and applying those learnings to your workplace. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Parimala Hari Prasad and uh, I work as a senior UX architect uh, with a travel company called Amedius Software Labs uh, headquartered in uh, France. Uh, as part of my uh, role uh, i do some amount of work on uh, accessibility and inclusive design now what is uh, inclusive design accessibility is an attribute however inclusive design is a method while practicing inclusive design would make a product more accessible it's not a process for meeting all the accessibility standards so in that sense accessibility and inclusive design work together to make experiences that are not only compliant with standards but are also truly usable and open to all now there's a new term called universal design universal design is a one size fits all where users from uh, different cultural backgrounds and experiences adapt in some way to the design However, inclusive design is a one size fits one design which means it's dedicatedly created for one set of users. The core principles that guide inclusive design or in general designing inclusiveness in products be it software or hardware or a combination of both there are three core principles. The first one is to focus on user outcomes. different users to different things it's very important that we watch them doing stuff without influencing our own biases to make judgments or uh, snap at them and in each of these user engagements you'll notice that the outcomes are very very different yet fundamentally all users want to accomplish uh, something very basic that they set out to do so that is where we have to focus on user outcomes while designing for inclusiveness the second principle is to reinvent all the time you can't stop at one place because you passed a certain test on accessibility attributes or inclusiveness you have to keep reinventing all the time to see what better can be done take an example of these uh, cycles or bikes that have been coming up in different parts of europe and apac now these bikes allow people to uh, travel faster and better from one place to another however imagine parking these bikes in some random places in different parts of your own city and think about how differently abled people would actually access the uh, footpaths or the walkways while these bikes actually block their way right now the people who built the organization that actually rents these bikes did not really think about how it might be difficult for differently able users to use the pathway uh, while these were parked now this is one of the 
fundamental reasons why I say that we have to reinvent all the time. Diverse teams is another core principle. Now, having diverse teams is one thing, but empowering them to contribute uh, their diversified ideas in a non-fearful way and make sure that they feel safe after doing so is a very critical aspect of designing for inclusiveness. This also means that people can flesh out their ideas, present them to a bigger audience, feel still feel safe after that and then have the confidence that some of those ideas might as well get implemented within the team. Now, why do we need to design for uh, inclusiveness? So National Federation of the Blind actually had to get into a $6 million settlement because of accessibility attribute that uh, did not work for a particular blind user. Similarly, many other organizations like National Association of the Deaf uh, was engaged in a fight with Netflix in June 2011, where Netflix had to play, pay the attorney's fees uh, worth uh, 755k US dollars. And there are many other companies like Charles Schwab, which agreed to implement WCAG 2.0 guidelines just because a uh, lot of people who were using the products complained about it. So it's very, very important that accessibility is taken into consideration. Now, I'm talking more from the software point of view because I my work is predominantly in the software world. But having said that, if you notice, there are fundamentally, there are fundamentally four types of disabilities. Visual impairments, which includes blindness, various types of low vision and poor eyesight, motor impairments, difficulty or inability to use the hands, auditory, which includes deafness or hearing impairments, seizures that usually result from photoepileptic seizures, and cognitive or intellectual impairment, which means people suffer from developmental disabilities. There's another category added to it, temporary disabilities. For example, fracturing one's leg in an accident that leaves them bedridden for six months or hurting spine or being operated on an eye due to some eye accident and so on. Now, these are all different types of disabilities and we need to make sure that we build products which are accessible to each set of these people. Now, take an example of blind users. There are different types of color blindnesses, for example, protonopia, deuteranopia and tritonopia. Now, depending on the type of the color blindness, some users do not end up seeing the red or the green color the way it is supposed to be. This means that the products need to be designed in such a way that people with color blindness should be able to continue to proceed with tasks without any hassles, be it on a website or on a mobile app. However, very few products today take care of these things. Now, earlier, organizations used to think that this population is just a small fraction of the global population and you don't really need to worry about catering to their needs. There are two reasons why we need to keep the accessibility population in mind. One, because it's a fundamental human right for everybody that everything must be accessible and usable. We have to make it easier for everybody to use the products that they find useful. And secondly, some countries who think in a very humane and sociable way have come up with guidelines and standards and compliances that say that, hey, if you are in our country, you, you better build products for this population as well because they are an integral part of our culture and community. This means that accessibility is not a special quality criteria, but in disguise, all it means is that it's usability for all. This means that people with no disabilities or temporary disabilities, people with special needs, 
elderly people disabled people everyone should be able to use software or hardware or a combination of both regardless of their disability type or severity now there are several mandates that exist in the inclusive design world or in particular accessibility organizations world wide web is an international community that develops standards to ensure the web reaches its full potential this consortium actually came up with something called a web accessibility initiative which slowly matured into web content accessibility guidelines wcag 1.0 which was later followed up with wcag 2.0 there are many guidelines in wcag 2.0 and they are driven by predominantly four principles perceivable operable understandable and robust by perceivable it's about information and ui components that must be recognizable by assistive technologies now once upon a time differently able users had just few tools or websites that could help them access a lot of products but today with the penetration of voice user interfaces and voice based chats chatbots and so on this group of people are able to do many more things in a easy way this also means that we have to ensure that each of the products built in such a way are recognizable by assistive technologies the second principle that governs wcag is operable the user must be able to use navigation to move around different ui components now some people may not be comfortable using all keys on the keyboard but just a tab feature they should be able to do that some people may uh, expect a numbers keyboard keypad on the right side of the keyboard for several reasons for limited control motor uh, controls that should be possible and so on the third principle is understandable the user must be able to comprehend the information presented to them and how the ui works now take an example of a sentence that says the sucks the items that the tasks that are completed are in green now if a person is color blind he may or may not see green the way it is in such a case we should not allow data to be represented just by color but say green means success so associated with a label or text that also says that green means success for people who are color blind and cannot see green the fourth principle is robust which means the content must be presented so that it can be interpreted reliably by a wide variety of assistive technologies that too on multiple platforms and devices now imagine a blind person trying to talk to an alexa to play a particular song and imagine the same blind person getting into uh, his self driving car where the song can be continued using the android auto system so this is the continuity that users expect and which is why the systems that we build need to be robust there are different assistive tools and technologies some of them are screen reading software some of them are screen magnification software and the others are with respect to voice recognition software now we also the mobile apps and websites we use also have accessibility functions which allow us to read automatically for uh, people who are uh, deaf uh, there are video calls i have seen a lot of small school going children uh, in a in the nearby deaf and blind school communicate a lot using uh, video calls on their uh, cell phones so 
several decades ago this was not thought of but today i see small kids walking on the road hooked to their mobile phones and communicating in many ways about their impending uh, home assignment so stories like these have to spread much faster we have to build technologies that are much more efficient and help us uh, onboard more and more people towards an inclusive society not just people who are uh, possess this impairments but rather people who build products for such people now what's anybody's role in inclusive design in terms of a project sponsor project sponsor must support and fund accessible web and mobile applications the project manager would include accessibility in the project charter and track them over a period of time someone like a product owner or a business analyst needs to gather and document accessibility requirements with respect to the product that they are building and an architecture or a designer should design apps to meet the compliance standards and respectively the developer develops the products based on those guidelines and the tester tests for them by having specific goals in place typically accessibility life cycle framework consists of several stages the first one is the accessibility requirements awareness where one needs to understand the project scope and requirements the second phase is the accessibility design review where an early detection of non compliance is made to the product and a review of the prototype wireframes or mockups is scheduled an accessibility code review where the codes the code snippets are reviewed by senior members of the team to make sure there is no uh, there is compliance prior to testing the next phase is the accessibility testing during qa testing or uat the testers leverage screen readers and assistive tools or technologies to test the app against the guidelines and evaluate the usability like i mentioned accessibility is nothing but usability for everyone and in the testing phase testers must ensure that it is usable by a large population that they intend to target to this is finally followed up with an accessibility audit uh, if the app or site is already launched and in production a formal audit will be planned and the audit findings will be presented against applicable standards now in different parts of us and europe there is because the guidelines are in place a lot of e-commerce websites in particular say that they are compliant to wcag now there are three levels of compliance within wcag which are called a aa and triple a a is the basic level aa is the intermediate and aaa is the highest level of compliance if a website is aaa compliant then it's rest assured that the website follows majority of the guidelines that have been uh, outlined as critical by the wcag team why should we build products that are inclusive what are the benefits the key benefits include increased usability it also leads to increased market share and audience reach some studies have proved that an additional 10% of the profit will come from this population in the next 5-10 years it will also grow exponentially given the success of many accessibility products in this space this also leads to improved efficiency because people become more efficient perform tasks much more easily without any hassles and there's a high return on investment because more and more users will start using those products adding to the revenue chain and fund fundamentally the biggest benefit is to demonstrate social responsibility i believe that understanding accessibility and understanding or 
designing for inclusiveness is very much fundamental to the social responsibility that i just talked about it is not enough if we add human intelligence to build intelligent products but they have to be useful to everybody for whom it is built ultimately we have to become inclusive and human